0: How he lost 45 pounds and went down to 10% body fat. How to stay consistent with your fitness routine. The right mindset approach to your fitness goal and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 291 with fitness trainer and entrepreneur Mario Tomic. Hey everyone and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm here because you want to become the best version of yourself, but there are so many things that you need to do in order to get there. And because it's overwhelmingly complicated, it's easy to lose focus, easy to lose a sense of direction, which is why so many people fall short of their true potential. But that's why I create videos, podcasts, and fitness programs to keep you on track to your best you. Go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. Mario is the founder and head coach at Tomich.com. He has over 185,000 subscribers on YouTube with over 23 million views. He was featured in Men's Health several times and has 600-plus client success stories. In this episode, you're going to learn about Mario's approach to his fitness coaching, which I absolutely love. I might be a little biased because him and I are pretty similar in that we both believe in the importance of the behavior change side of things and creating programs that allow our clients to make lifestyle changes. Before diving into the episode, be sure to follow him on Instagram at Mario Tomich, which is M-A-R-I-O. T O M I C H and follow me at carrier underscore best you and let us know what you think of the episode. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Mario Tomich. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm super fired up today to have the one and only Mario Tomic with me today. Uh, Mario, I just want to start by saying thanks for uh, having a hell of a day. Now it's 9 p.m. in Barcelona, and I appreciate you spending the time with me here today to finish off your uh, your Wednesday.
1: Thank you for having me, Nick. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah, man, it's going be, gonna to be a lot of fun. Um, so the way I kind of want to start today, Mario, is before you kind of jumped into the fitness industry in about 2011 or so, you were a software developer and system admin after getting a master's degree in computer science and you were kind of living that lifestyle for a while. And then if if I did my research correctly in about 2011, you kind of jumped in to health and fitness. So what was kind of the primary motivator or the primary spark for you to kind of make that transition?
1: Yeah, for me, fitness was really never on the radar. As I grew up and I was going through high school and college, fitness was not really something I had a lot of interest in no idea about nutrition. Uh, my family also wasn't really into that kind of stuff. You know, my mom makes whatever her mom made and just basically, you know, passing on some of that traditional um, way we approach life. And you just kind of go in a certain path. Parents loved the fact that, you know, studying computer science, being an engineer is sort of prestigious thing. You either an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer. So those are the three things you can be in life, at least what we knew back then. And of course, uh, you know, making a leap into What I did in fitness and becoming an entrepreneur eventually was a really big move. Uh, But to backtrack, I was, I mean, really overweight at one point in my life due to being addicted to video games. I was a World of Warcraft player before that. I played Unreal Tournament. That's really old school back in the 2000s and in college. So uh, I really, you know, the health side of things just got out of hand. So I really had to make a change. I decided, okay, time to do something about this. And then I realized there's a a lot of similarities between World of Warcraft and gaming and actually doing things for yourself and your fitness and self-care. And then I realized there's a, this leveling progression type of uh, mentality as well that's required. You go to the gym, you you hit your squats. Next time, you increment by two and a half pounds. Next time, you increment by five. Next time, you do this and that. So there's there's a level of progression improvement And I'm thinking, well, if I'm leveling up all these characters, why not let just level myself up in my life and try to make something out of this? And there's also a unique opportunity, me going back my uh, to my hometown after college where you know how it is in college you have sort of an environment that dictates a lot of your behaviors and um it was a lot of drinking partying you know the standard stuff you know you're not really paying a lot of attention to to self-care you're not really taking life as seriously that Mm -hmm. that's what i was doing and then uh, that shift in the environment kind of offered me an opportunity to reinvent myself And I started getting into personal development. I was starting to get into Tony Robbins. I was starting to read more about this and started this triangle of of, of success in a way that you have the career or business and you have your health and then you have your relationships. So kind of working in all those three areas. And uh, then I got caught in the fitness bug. and, And really since then, it's honestly been something that I've developed a deep passion for. I'd be doing this stuff anyway. So it's just the fact that I can make it a business as well as mine and, and make an impact through it is incredible. So I just feel extremely privileged and grateful for that. I would, I would be training, I'd be eating right. I think it's just my you know, one vehicle that I got this body, I got to take care of it. And, and to be able to take care of others and to be able to add value in the world, there's really no other way to, other than being healthy and being on top of your game.
0: I love it, man. I love it. So was there a particular... Kind of jump off point though that made that made you okay with making it like this is my full time career because a lot of times that can be a little bit you know scary after having a little bit of a a different job you know a little bit more of a job with more security if you will so was there kind of a jump off point and, and what was that like?
1: Absolutely. That what you just mentioned there, job security. That's one of the things that I mean. I come from a very conservative culture, and we've gone through in the nineties. We got with a war situation. My family was also very kind of, you know, cautious, safe. Let's play it safe. Let's not take many chances here. I'm the first person in my family to ever graduate, and you know, they invested a lot of in me in, over the years, and they had kind of those hopes. I'm going to build a good career and to just kind of live life out in a nice, peaceful way, and then. I mean, shifting from that to becoming an entrepreneur and taking a big risk was really something outside of my comfort zone. But one of the reasons for that is not just me, but also the fact that the family didn't really understand. I mean, again, I'm the first entrepreneur, again, to do something like this, so especially on on the English market. Because, I mean, back then, I didn't live um, anywhere in, in the West. I lived back in Croatia, all close to my family. So that that was a really big leap. So, yeah, it, it, one of those things that, it, it, I mean, I felt like I'm in my 20s. I can't really, and if, I, if everything goes to hell, I'm still able to recover, right? That's kind of my thought process. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize the fact that when you're in your 20s, you can really try out a lot of different things. And the fact that I did finish that computer science degree, I think it gave me a unique perspective on fitness that most other people that I've seen didn't really have, because when I first started fitness, I was already viewing it from a scientific lens. I was already seeing it as a process. I was seeing it as a set of systems and variables and things you can change and alter and measure and and you use more data driven methods to get results. But back in 2011 or 2012, when I was starting, it was a lot of bro science i mean these days if you go on youtube there's a lot of you know science based this and that there's a lot of research studies and it's getting a bit more popular but if you go back rewind a decade it was in very very early stages so i really could kind of sense there's a lot of value to be added there and then obviously in a few years as i built myself up transform my body and and really got super deep into this stuff I realized okay there there's something I can bring to the table here. It's not I'm just not just some random guy. I can actually offer a different perspective on things and I love this thing and I can see myself doing it long term and let's give yeah. it a try. Right? I didn't know what was going to happen. Obviously nobody knows like most entrepreneurs fail and that's just the reality of the situation but I felt like like I'm going to give this a, a proper go. I'm going to I'm going to commit my year to it and see what happens.
0: Yeah, man. I acknowledge you for being able to make that take that leap of faith, being kind of the first entrepreneur in your family, and uh, taking on that risk. So that's that's awesome. When in like your personal fitness journey did you make this jump? Because like you said, you, you were you, earlier on you were over you were overweight, at being really into video games and probably sitting on your ass a lot of the time. Um, had you? already lost a lot of weight and like we're in pretty darn good shape and like okay I I just want to now give this back to other people like what kind of point in this fitness journey were you when you made the decision to like become a trainer
1: I was already in in really really good shape so it took me I was trained three four years already undergone my transformation I pretty much got pretty in pretty um, incredible shape in terms of like my standards, like where I came from, because I was totally out of shape and I've okay. I realized I'm pretty, I'm decently strong. I look good. I feel good. Now I got something to bring to the table for other people. I can inspire them, especially fellow engineers. And in that field, I've seen a lot of people, even in their thirties, they were just really struggling. And that if you're in your twenties, in your thirties, I mean, there are guys, you know, 40, 50 pounds, 60 pounds are weight and really struggling because of the lifestyle. It's really a lifestyle thing. And I, and I know this lifestyle very, I mean, closely because I lived it. You're sitting all day, you're, you're, at a computer all day. I mean, I'm also at a computer uh, a lot of the days. I mean, everybody's these days, but as an engineer, it, it's literally all that. And the activity right. level feels like so out of your character. If you want to do anything, you want to go to the gym, you want to do something sport sports related, you're just kind of like, this is not me, right? I'm the nerdy guy. That's kind of what I used to think. I'm the nerdy guy. I'm the guy that plays video games for fun. I'm not the guy that goes out there that you know goes and try to socialize or play sports or do anything. So being building that layer on top of my identity and my personality, I think that was a big, big transition. So that took a long time. Initially, you also have doubts, you have sort of this imposter syndrome, you know, can I even help people? And then about three, four years in, I first started helping people for free, you know, really seeing if I can actually make a change in another person because getting someone else results and getting yourself results are two totally different things. I think someone who hasn't been a coach, they don't realize that you know, humans are not just rational and we're not robots. We can't just we can just tell someone, hey, just do this and they're just going to do it, right? It, it's much more complicated than that. So once I had kind of proof of concept, I started thinking, well, I'm going to start taking on more clients and I moved into that role. And then of course it expanded from there. And today I'm again, super happy where I'm at.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, and I'm glad that you, brought up the fact that you know humans aren't robots and, and you brought up the fact that you had to like change your identity you know you you were kind of saw yourself as this person as who was the nerdy person not really that athletic not going outside and and doing that sort of thing that's not you but and, and I think a lot of people experience that because I think a lot of people their biggest hurdle is being able to Envision themselves as the type of person who really prioritizes working out and really prioritizes eating healthy because I think a lot of people see other people doing that and see other people meal prepping see other people spending hours in the gym and they're like, "That's not me that's never gonna be can't do that but so talk a little bit more about how maybe you help coach people in trying to help them not just with the x's and O's reps and sets, here's the nutrition education, but like kind of develop that different sense of identity so that they can start changing their lifestyle
1: that's a great question because this what you're what you're mentioning now is i think the missing piece for a lot of people because we all know look you gotta eat less calorie deficit you're gonna lose weight right if you eat healthy it's good for you if you eat extreme amounts of processed food is bad for, we kind of have some basic understanding of what's good and what's bad, but then actually implementing that and doing that consistently, showing up consistently is a huge problem and really understanding what you're doing. So um, first and foremost, that fear and you know, just being not familiar with it, it's a sign of lack of competence in one sense, because if you've actually done it, you realize, then you start building some confidence and you realize, okay, it's not a big deal. I can actually do this. I mean, I have clients these days. They're, they're starting to train in their forties. They're starting to in their fifties. Uh, again, I didn't grow up trained and into sports. I started in, when I was in my twenties, like early to mid twenties. So it was far out of my identity. And I see people making the leap now in their forties, fifties, they're seeing it as I saw it. It's inevitable. You have to add it to your life. Now, If you know you have to add it to your life, you can have a couple of choices here. One, you can see it as a chore. You can dread it every single moment of the time you did it. And you probably do that, but maybe it's not gonna work long-term for you. I don't know many people that can do that. Or you can develop a better relationship with fitness and and health and start seeing it and start to find joy and and, in some way that you can enjoy the process. Because at the end of the day, it has to be in your life. I don't see a reality where fitness is out of your life. How else would you be your best self? I mean, it depends on your goals. Obviously, you can't, not everybody's at the same level. As a coach, you learn very quickly that if someone doesn't want to change their ways, it's, I mean, you can't really do much there, right? We, We can only show the path. We can help people guide them who are committed and they want to make a positive impact and change in their life. But you can't really get someone from, you know, random from the street that doesn't want to do anything and suddenly tell them one thing that's going to change everything. So I think those that are ready, that They can get out of their comfort zone and just take the first steps. Those will be then a, a good student at the end of the day, being coachable in a sense that he can actually guide them through this process and slowly build up those habits in there, build up the competence. And that way they are going to feel a little bit more home in the gym. They're going to feel like, okay, this is within my realm of what I can do. And then honestly, when you start getting good at stuff, you want to express that skill. And then it gets easier to do that. One thing, for example, I'll use a personal example. I suck at dancing and I don't want to go dance. I mean, those are two things that are related because if I was good at it, I couldn't wait to go out there. And the same thing is whatever, you know, most things that you're good at, you want to keep doing. If you're not good at it, you try to avoid it as much as possible. So I think that making that leap there and the way I see it, I mean, I was eating anyway, I may as well learn how to do it right. And I I saw it as a challenge, instead of seeing it as as a you know, some of these things that are outside of your control, feeling a victim of your environment or whatever. So I think taking control and making that leap and okay, I can make a change is the first prerequisite before we do anything here, is that willingness to make a difference. And if you can do that, if you can bring that to the table, and then the information will actually work because you can give a thousand people their perfect programs and only a percentage of those will, will actually do something with it. It's yeah. not their perfect programs. It's it's what state of mind they're in. So it, it does start with the mindset. It does start with the psychology and identify your limiting beliefs, what they are, and then challenging those limiting beliefs because if you bring real data to the, to the equation, you realize, okay, this belief is not true. You can start working through them and remove them because they're causing that friction that's preventing change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of great stuff in there. And kind of like you said in the beginning, I wholeheartedly believe too that education isn't the number one thing that holds people back from getting closer to their, their fitness goals and getting closer to the healthiest and, and best version of themselves. It's most of the time it's just execution. And most of the time it's just, it's just follow through. Um, and and you mentioned some great things in regards to like having the right mindset, enjoying the process, not looking at it as a chore, looking at it as a challenge and that sort of thing. So like kind of along the same lines with clients that you've coached, what do you feel like is the difference between clients who are able to stay consistent over a long period of time? Because me and you both know, and most people, every, all people listening basically know that the people who are going to get results are the people who can stay consistent over a long period of time. So what's the difference between the person who is able to stay consistent Versus the person who is two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on, two weeks off, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, there, there's not just one single thing there. Obviously, we can just start tackling this from different levels and, and layers and seeing what's going on there. I think one of the biggest challenges and roadblocks to people's success in this, first and foremost, is having the right expectations and and having mm-hmm. the right approach to it from the, from the get-go. Um, I mean, a lot of people, again, education is not a problem, but they're also having an expectation they're going to lose 10 pounds a month or some really crazy thing where they're going to make that commitment. And obviously that commitment, you can't follow through on it because it's completely unrealistic. Right. Uh, if you're going to do this, give it six months, give it a year and, and give it a year of a process process. If you're too attached to the outcome, you're at a really, really high risk of failure because this journey, if you don't know the process, if you haven't mastered consistency, that is your priority number one. Results don't even matter unless you can be consistent. That's, I mean, how I at least view it and how we view it with our clients. I mean, when when I work with people directly and I have the honor of working with more than 600 people at this point, and guide them through this process. And obviously, I mean, there, there's gonna be those type A clients, they're gonna just commit, they're gonna crush it, they're gonna just really have, every, everything is gonna be properly managed and everything is done. But then there's also clients that crush it, but they're imperfectly crushing it. So they're failing their way to success. And I don't think most people realize that there, there's nobody who's gonna do it perfectly. And that that's one of the big misconceptions here. Like you don't actually have to be perfect to succeed. And if you have that all or nothing black and white mindset, you're going to have a really hard time with consistency. That's what gets in the way because you will have, uh, let's say, an extra 200 calories today. Well, your mind is going to tell you, okay, now that that is over, you just blew it. So you're going to get a permission from your mind, okay, let's take this weekend, let's scratch it, let's start on Monday. So you've got a couple of things happening there. First and foremost, you have uh, catastrophizing right? Your mind is going through what's called a cognitive distortion in psychology. It's taking 200 calories and now turning it into a story that is a disaster. It's the end of the world. You had 200 calories. The reality is 200 calories is just 200 calories. There's no story to it, but we give it a story. Mm -hmm. And whether it's real or not, it's affecting us. And then you have that fresh start bias, which is I'm going to start on Monday. And then of course you give yourself a license to just just blow three, four days. I think that the guys that are really crushing it, girls are really crushing it, they've learned to fail their way to success and they've learned to iterate over time. Meaning that when they fail, they see that as data to iterate on their systems. This is the mindset that we teach. We found that to work uh, consistently is that mindset change. That's really what can get someone who's inconsistent to being consistent. It's a, it's a factor of behavior change. It's not a factor of, of the program. Obviously the program does play a role if you minimize the commitment So, for example, if you take someone who is failing at six days a week consistency, you go down to three days a week, they're gonna crush it. But I mean, that's not majority of my clients train three to four days a week. I don't really have that many clients that can do six or seven. I mean, that's usually people that are already committed to this. So, for sort of the person that's making those three, four, and still can't make that happen, I mean, you can try to go to thirty minutes. You can try the tiny habits method. You know, floss one tooth at a time. What we found though, the biggest thing is is changing that relationship with failure what failure really means, what failure actually looks like, and what is it? Because if someone perceives failure as a negative, what's gonna happen is there's a part of their brain called the habenula, which gets activated, which tracks how many failures you have, and, and there's a survival mechanism. It also controls your motivation. So there's two functions of it. So if you keep failing at a thing, you subconsciously have your motivation de- deregulated and your low motivation levels. now you'd wonder, why am I not even looking to do it again? Why am I failing to try again? Because the only really true way to fail is to fall out of effort. Any coach that has done real work with clients will tell you this. So the only way a client can ever fail is falling out of effort. And there's a lot of good books written on this. You can, I mean, for people, the B.J. Fogg's work, he's author behind Tiny Habits, got, got Atomic Habits, James Clear. There's uh, Kyra Bobinett's work. She wrote a really nice book called the Well-Designed Life. There's a, there's a bunch of material out there and it boils down to a lot of different similar things is are people staying in effort or do they have that growth mindset? If Carol, Dweck's work again, it's very, very similar. Are they willing to keep trying and working at it? Because if you fail less, that's also progress. If I binge 3000 calories this weekend for two days in a row and then next weekend i binge only one day for 3000 calories, I made a, a huge amount of progress. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't see that, right? They don't see those incremental gains. And they want to think of this as a a flip of a switch. So I'm bad, and I'm suddenly going to become good. And obviously, that's not how it works. That's not how habits change. That's not how habits are built. You don't get abs overnight. You're not going to change your habits overnight either. And that's just the way we found over the years that that makes the biggest difference. And obviously, going back to your question, the simple answer is coachability, right? Is someone really open to actually getting through this change and and challenging their own mindset and being willing to work with someone to go deep and see what those wirings are there that we can unwire and, and rewire in the right way.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, there's there's so many great things in there that um, I'll, I'll kind of unpack a couple of them. But I think me and you have very similar similar approaches and and similar things that we talked talk about with our clients. I love how you started off talking about not or having the right expectations um, and the right approach. And one of the things is you you talked about is it's not about being perfect. Like nobody's gonna be perfect. Uh, and one of the phrases that I use is like people who are really healthy and and really fit, they're not perfect all the time. They self correct really quickly. So when they do one thing really badly, they if they have a bad meal on Thursday night, they don't say screw it to the rest of the week. They work out hard on Friday morning and have a good breakfast or you know, whatever it is. Um, and change your relationship with failure. Only way to fail is to fall out of effort. All that stuff is awesome, um, and I could talk about that stuff all day long. But I think, as we, as we both kind of talked about, programming is obviously super important, and having the right workouts and, and having the right nutrition education and the right nutrition plan is super important. But um, I feel like we both really believe in the importance of the mindset and the, be- the behavioral and the habit change type of stuff but I, but I do kind of want to talk a little bit about kind of your approach in regards to fitness in regards to nu- uh, nutrition and that kind of stuff um, what was maybe the biggest thing that you you've seen in your own body whether it was your weight loss journey or whether it's now your journey of looking like a badass with your shirt off um, what was maybe one of the biggest things that you've realized in regards to just like working out that you've that you changed? the style of your workouts, because you saw how big of a change it was.
1: Yeah, this is a good point. So one of the biggest things for me was I was really afraid of gaining weight. So for me, when I finished my transformation, when I lost about 45 pounds uh, initially, so I dropped from 200 down, I I was as lean as 154 at some point, 5 feet 10. That was a really challenging situation for me because I thought, I mean, first and foremost, I was skinny. I was I was still kind of skinny, fattish. I had still a little bit more fat on me, so I didn't really look the way I wanted to look. I thought if I get down from 205 down to 180, I'm gonna look like a rock star. You know, I, was, I thought oh, this is gonna be amazing. I'm gonna look like incredible, like these uh, you know magazine people. I see like Men's Health and whatever. But then I was okay, 180 down to 170, still not there. Then 160. Still not there, <laughs> like 154. am like, okay, am I going to go down to 145? Like, what's going on here? I realized that it was the fact that I just simply did not carry enough lean body mass. I did not have enough muscle on me. And then there was that challenging situation there, which which happened after that initial transformation, is how do I actually build that muscle? And, and that was... In my mind, losing the weight was the biggest challenge. I always thought that was that was the problem. But and most people realize this over time in their journeys that actually gaining muscle is a lot harder. And it gets a lot harder as the more you have it, obviously, it's harder to gain as you're closer to your genetic potential. So yes, we are focused on losing weight. And that's for your health. is extremely important to get lean and, and, and do all that stuff. And it massively improves your, your physique and everything else and how you look, how you feel. But gaining muscle is actually the, much more difficult. It takes more patience, it takes longer. So for me, that transition, what I would call from perma cutting, where where I was stuck for a very long time, was one of the hardest things to do mentally. Because as soon as I would gain three, four pounds, I'm back to a deficit. I'm cutting again, because I feel like I'm getting fat. And there was that massive amount of fear. And I was stuck in this for quite some time before I realized, okay, it's time to take a step back. Maybe I'm doing something that you can't fix in one step. Maybe I need two steps. Maybe I do need to commit to a a lean muscle building phase for a while and obviously control how much I'm going to gain, but then do a fat loss phase again. Because I didn't realize that there's a sequence to these things. I didn't realize that there's actually those different phases. I just thought I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to look great. Not the case. And that's, I think, one of the biggest strategic differences that really changed everything for me. Once I actually gone through that phase, I've started getting closer to my drink potential. I started building that first 10 pounds of muscle. Suddenly my physique looked incredible. At 165, I looked way better than I'd looked at 155. Crazy difference. And and I actually looked leaner and bigger at the same time, which was (laughs) pretty crazy to me. And I didn't realize that you you, you can actually improve your physique so much in just 10 pounds difference. So those are some of the things, the pivotal things that at the beginning of the journey, and I see this with clients now, a lot of clients, they, before they work with me, they go through these crazy fasting periods, or they go through these crazy crash dies, they could lose a lot of weight. So they 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 wait to do progressive resistance training after they lose the weight, right? Yeah. They're, they're just thinking about, I'm gonna just do a bunch of cardio, a bunch of walking, cut the calories, then I'm gonna do resistance training later. Just to be in a position where they've gone from overweight to skinny fat and then having a really hard time then building muscle or committing to that muscle building phase. after you have no idea how to, how to do that. So I think for me, that was the pivotal moment in my journey that, that really solidified the physique because when I built that muscle and then I continued building more muscle after that, I realized as a natural lifter, my job is to be the least amount of time in a calorie deficit that I can. Right. If I can spend the majority of the year, so eight to 10 months in, in a moderate surplus or low to moderate surplus, try to gain muscle, get stronger and spend little time cleaning that up and then continuing to gain again, this, this is the winning formula for me. And then since that, I mean, that's the approach that I've used in recent, I mean, haven't been in a fat loss phase since 2019 um, because every time I want to do a fat loss phase, it's very short. So I do yeah. like eight weeks. Clean up, go back to gaining slowly. And as an entrepreneur, again, this serves me now because, first of all, I have a lot of muscle built up already, which is great. So I already look pretty decent, even a high body fat percentage. But I also don't have to suffer through that deficit because it is pretty tough if you go to aggressive deficit. I don't have to suffer through it very long. And I can have high energy levels. I'm pretty, you know, overall, my diet is very optimized for this. So once you finish that big long cut once, you gotta be very careful not to regain a lot of body fat quickly and just do that proper that transition there, do that properly, and not get stuck in perma cutting either because either one of those two things will really hold you back for a long time.
0: We're gonna take a brief pause in the interview, really quickly, because if you're somebody who is looking to achieve a fitness goal or maybe you lack motivation to get into the gym, you lack some structure in your in your weekly routine or maybe you've been wanting to get back into the fitness game and get back to maybe your weight loss goal or whatever goal it is, and you're not really quite sure how. If that sounds like you, my 10-week program is for you because I help everybody set a very specific goal, then we create a very specific strategy of the two or the three things that we need to do every single week that we believe are going to make us successful with our overall goal, and then I'll help you execute and I'll help you hold you accountable every single week. So you do the things that you kind of know you should be doing, but you're, you're not quite doing them right now. And that's what I've done with hundreds of people over the past 365 days, over the past a little over a year. And I want you to make sure that you are part of it as well. And enough for me. I want you to hear from the people who have done it in the past, what they've got out of it and, and why they did it in the first place. So here you go. I cannot say enough good things about Nick's 10 week program. I have always been somebody who has worked out, but never really had a fitness goal. If anything, I really wanted to achieve it was more so just to stay in shape and Nick does a great job of helping you not only define the goal but also realize what steps you need to take to get there. Tomorrow as of my weigh-in week nine, I hit my goal of losing 25 pounds in 10 weeks. Just the whole methodology of the program with it being one big goal followed by some smaller goals to help me reach that big goal and then the weekly commitments to help me reach those smaller goals. During these
1: times it's helped strengthen my mental health and strengthen my focus and really made sure to hold me accountable to my goals.
0: I'm so happy that I was able to hit the goal and uh, so much so that I decided to do another 10 weeks with Nick. I would recommend it to anybody, no matter
1: what your goals are, if it's weight loss, if it's running a shorter mile It fits anything you would like to achieve i think that this program gives you the tools to set yourself up for success but one of the biggest benefits for me and the biggest takeaway i had was one i wasn't necessarily set out to improve upon and that was building more self-confidence and really instilling self-accountability the program was great
0: um, i'm doing it again a second time to continue my weight loss and I just can't recommend it enough so again, guys, if you lack motivation, if you lack structure, if you want to get back into your fitness game but you're not really sure how, then I want you to make sure you go to nickcarrier.com/slash/ten-week-programs. Again, nickcarrier.com/slash/ten-week-programs to learn more. For now, let's get back to the interview. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about your your current new your current nutrition philosophy and your current nutrition approach for yourself in regards to how you are trying to. Put on muscle while not putting on fat because I feel like that's, you know, most people's overall goal.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I mean, most people kind of gone through, um, even if you tried the bulking approach, you realize that it makes no sense. You just put on a lot of weight that is not going to be muscle. It's going to be a lot of body fat there. By the time you get rid of the body fat, you get back to the same amount of muscle that you would have gained anyway. So it makes no sense. Uh, These days I take I mean, because I've been lifting now, it's, it's been a very long time, right? It's been 10 years, 11 years. So like, at this point in time, my muscle gaining progress is extremely slow. There's yeah. no point for me to start gaining anything like two pounds a month or anything. I g- barely gain a pound a month. That yeah. There's no point. I mean, after 10 months of gaining, that's already too much. So even that, I try to get maybe up by five, six pounds, seven pounds, and then see where I'm at if I need to clean up a little bit and then continue again. So it's very tiny surpluses above. I'm also a really big fan of of having a high energy flux, uh, meaning that my balance between the calories that I that I expend and calories that I intake, I try to raise both of those. So I try to walk a lot. So I, I'm a big proponent of walking. Most people know this if they follow my YouTube channel, I'm a big fan of walking at least, you know, I do seven to 10,000 steps a day. I usually try to at 10,000 and I'm training very frequently, which then allows me to input a lot of calories and not gain almost any weight. And that way I can raise my overall energy levels and throughout the day I feel amazing, I feel really strong in the gym, but I'm not gaining any body fat. So instead of being a couch potato and just being sedentary and having to control my calories, I found higher activity levels actually serve me much better. And I don't mean spending three hours in the gym. I mean, if I'm training you know, four, five, six times, I usually do five to six times a week in the gym. Some of those sessions are 30, 40 minutes. Some of them are an hour and 15, depending on what the schedule allows. But yeah. I'm trying to train more frequently because I'm also training higher frequency because at this point in my journey I'm, I'm hitting each body part three times a week right so i'm trying to really maximize that frequency and, and higher quality volume because if i crush myself in one single session yeah. it just doesn't make any sense I'm not growing for longer than 24 hours 48 hours i mean even I, I wouldn't say 24 hours is also pretty long at this point in the journey
0: yeah um well so you so you talked a little bit about walking so I want you to kind of Talk a little bit why why walking is such a big thing for you and why you encourage other people to, to implement it into their lifestyle as well.
1: For me, it actually started as a way to sleep better at night. Like I had one thing that I really found because I work a lot and I'm spending a lot of time at a computer and I actually do a lot of the work late into the day as well, just because, you know, when, because some of these things, I wouldn't say it feels like work. It's just, I'm just on there all the time. I'm learning, I'm studying and doing things like that. And I've thought, well, let, instead of me, Listening to these podcasts and doing all these readings in the in the house. Why don't I just walk? Why don't I just go out for a walk and then spend an hour like that? And then I realize that I'm not just getting better sleep, I'm also retaining the information more, I'm, I'm chewing through books like crazy. I mean, I'm, I can go through a book a week if I want to, no problem. And it's just starting to add so much to my life. And then I'm also able to lose body fat if I want to very easily. I don't have to cut calories as much. I can eat more without gaining anything. So it just adds so much value to my life, de-stressing me, it's just an incredible activity. And also it's a social activity as well. If I'm going to do it with my girlfriend, or if I'm going with other people as well, it's it's a really fun thing to do after a dinner or after a meal. And overall, like there's no tax in terms of my fatigue levels. I'm actually finding it, it improving my recovery. Yeah. So instead of going into high-intensity interval training or cardio, which I have nothing against high-intensity interval training, but if you're already doing you know four or five sessions, six sessions a week of weight training, I mean, where are you going to find the recovery for it? Because we, we all live busy lifestyles. I mean, you, you got to really be able to recover from that. And also with cardio, for me personally, if I do one session, maybe two sessions a week, I find that more than enough. I love to walk more. And I actually prefer walking more than things like running just because it's easier on my joints. I'm already doing squatting and doing a lot of lower body work. I'm pretty sore throughout the week and I'm pretty taxed throughout the week. So when I walk, I feel great. And for it just makes so much more sense. And with clients... A lot of clients might come in with an injury, like clients might come in with you know, just looking for ways to reduce their stress, again, all these other benefits. So walking just makes so much sense. And I did a couple of videos on it that got me featured in in Men's Health a few times. A lot of people reached out and said, thank you so much. I lost this much weight because of walking 10,000 steps a day. Some of them even gone up to 15, which is pretty crazy And when I think about it. That's a lot of walking. So I'm a really big fan of walking. I mean, in Europe is also a big thing. It depends where you live, right? Depending on different cities in, in the US and how the city is designed, where you stay, you have to really find ways and opportunities to walk but there's always little things you can do yeah, like yeah. you know taking little shortcuts here or there parking the car a little bit further away from the gym to take a walk like there's always little things you can do and when i see sometimes people fighting for the parking spot in the entrance of the gym is just hilarious i mean yeah you came here to train and now you're just gonna try to you know fight someone to, to do a little bit of a shorter walk there i mean it just makes no sense yeah no i couldn't agree more
0: couldn't agree more so uh want to ask a few more questions here one of the things that um you know I experience, I feel like with people in having initial conversations right before we get I get started with new clients is trying to weed out some potentially misconceptions that they have in regards to working out in regards to nutrition and stuff like that. So is there any kind of like most common misconception that you see people having when they when they come to you or when they ask you questions and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, look, a lot of people come from a background of, of in the weight loss industry and they're being brainwashed by big companies telling them they need meal replacement shakes, fat burners, spending, you know, three, four hundred, five hundred dollars on supplements a month. They're they're trying to lose 20 pounds a month. They're just doing all these kind of crazy things. Right. Um, I'm very honest with people up front about expectations, how long it's going to take and, and what this journey really requires in terms of hard work and, and really committing yourself to long term change. And this has to be a lifestyle change at the end of the day. I think a lot of people's uh, approaches initially are okay. This is going to be a diet. You know, we're going to do this for you know two three months. I'm going to lose the weight, and I'm going to go back to whatever. This is the mentality that leads to failure. I mean, you most universally. Like those that are really committed to a change long term, and they want to see they they see this as a change that it's going to last for their lifetime it's going to be an educational journey it's also not just going to be about getting to a place but also really understanding how to ma- manage this master this long term i think that that's the ultimate big shift that happens with a lot of clients is they're coming in thinking okay i'm going to diet but then you shift their mindset thinking as a lifestyle change a couple of other ones i mean a lot of people will think well you can't lose weight if you eat carbs for example you know some low carb high carb You know, some people like, I got to do a lot of fasting. Some people that don't like any fasting. So there's a lot of these things that, you know, some people think they need to do six, seven cardio sessions a week to lose any weight. So they're trying to outrun a bad diet. Uh, A lot of people don't realize that the the negative effects of stress eating and boredom eating and just really understanding how much of that is hurting their results. Uh, A common one is also having, you know, five days, Perfect. And just to then go off the rails in the weekends. That's a very, very common one. Like someone is yeah, trying yeah. to be super, super tight Monday to Friday. They do everything in their power. And then the weekend comes around is the plan just falls apart completely. There's drinks, there's this and that alcohol is another one as well. That affects, I, I think what a lot of people don't realize about fitness is just how holistic this change has to be in order to make this a lifestyle because they, they think, look, it's training and nutrition, But then when you start connecting the dots, you realize how a bad night of sleep affects your cravings and your hunger the next day and how poorly you perform in the gym. Or how if you had a really stressful project at work, that you actually need to adjust your nutrition and your training a little bit to to manage that stress and see where you're at. That it's okay to take a diet break if you're doing a holiday instead of trying to do it perfectly. That it's okay to do certain things. Again, there's a lot of things out there that put people in a box thinking that there's a single specific way to do this while the reality is we all have our own unique way of approaching it and as a coach again 600 clients 600 different programs yeah yeah I mean, there's some similarities but people are unique you have your unique challenges your unique lifestyle and even something that worked for you 10 years ago it doesn't mean that it's going to work now if you move to a new city you've got a couple of kids you got into a different career that's a whole different ball game so really understanding these things uh, I, I feel like the more holistic we can broaden this i know we are quote unquote fitness coaches but we are actually looking at, at a at a lifestyle design situation so how can we put together habits and routines in your lifestyle that are going to serve you for a very very long time
0: yeah amen to that amen to that i love your approach man i love it um so down to the last couple of questions here mario real quick for you personally and i think i have an idea of what one of them is definitely going to be but for you personally what are you what do you feel are maybe your three most important health habits that you do on a weekly basis?
1: Oh, the, this, these are, first and foremost, walking for sure, right? Yeah. I'm training very regularly, and I'm getting to bed, I'm sleep eight to nine hours a night. So for me, eight to nine hours, if I get less than eight hours of sleep, I, I mean, I don't honestly know how people function. Um, with less than eight hours. And I, I mean, I have a lot of clients that do like six or seven, and they're kind of you know making it happen. Maybe they're wired differently. But if you're training really hard, working really hard, eight hours, you, you feel reborn. Every day you wake up, you're just absolutely on top of your game 100%. So yeah, those would be my top three for sure.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm one of those uh, people who need to continue to work more on sleep. And it's something that I've gotten a little bit better at, but I need to get on your level for, their, uh, for that for sure. Well, uh, before I ask the last question, Mario, I want to acknowledge you because... I think your approach in regards to making sure that, first off, clients kind of know going into it that they have the right expectations, that they're going in with the right approach. They realize it's not just X's and O's, the fitness and, and the, the nutrition program. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change. And the I know that you go about it the right way in regards to helping them figure out a way to make it work for their, for make, it, make it work for their life and not just giving everybody a, uh, the same old cookie cutter approach. You really tailor it to them and, and make sure that it's something that they can start to implement in their life and, uh, and stay consistent long-term. So I love it, man.
1: I really appreciate that.
0: Of course, man. Of course. Well, I know everybody's want to, going to want to go learn more about you. So make sure you go to www.tomich.com, which is T-O-M-I-C, dot com you can follow him at mario tomich does it have an h on instagram okay yeah uh awesome awesome and then uh and then follow you uh follow him on youtube as well mario tomich on youtube and i'll have all that stuff um linked up in the show notes any other place that people should go and uh learn more about you
1: that's it you nailed it yeah okay. idg uh website youtube youtube is the place that i put out the most content and there's a lot of value in there if you're looking for you know losing body fat gaining muscle all that stuff we talk about lifestyle it goes much much deeper
0: yeah no doubt no doubt man good stuff on there i was watching some of those videos earlier um well last question here mario is i think that to get closer to the best version of yourself it's a both a constant journey in a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So again, for you personally, if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you can currently work on to get closer to that best version of Mario Thomas that you could possibly be, then what are the three things that you could currently do or currently work on?
1: Uh, Number one, I need to be a little bit better with resting. So I need to definitely learn how to uh, relax a little bit more because uh, I I tend to be extremely goal driven, uh, very sort of dopamine driven. So that's one of the big ones for me. So I I rarely take any time off and I'm terrible with taking holidays. I took one holiday in the last for like six years or something. So I'm always on. Wow. Um, The second one would probably be less of a robot uh, to people around me. So that means like, you know, being a little bit more, um, you know, just kind of enjoying the moment and uh, trying to, you know, just kind of chill out a little bit and be a bit more empathetic to what people around me just having a bit better communication. Because again, not everybody's wired the same. So in my, in my mind, like something always has to be happening yeah. in order to justify the time. <laughs> so, I, I, I definitely understand that. That's not how everybody works. You know, it, there's, there's, it's okay not to listen to an audio book and make your eggs in the morning. You know, yeah. for me, I, I understand that. I mean, I want to double down on, on every minute of the day and I kind of have that massive sense of urgency, but I understand everybody's wired the same. So I got to be again more understanding toward that and and i'm working on that and i'm i think i'm getting better at it but that definitely is a process um than that and and the third thing really for me long term um i feel like the the biggest part for for all of us is just understanding and and mastering your own emotions in a sense that disconnecting from the ups and downs and kind of understanding there's always a price to pay in life for success like you you have to undergo some you got to get out of your comfort zone right so for me in order for me to grow I know that I have to keep working to find ways to get out of my comfort zone it's pretty large at this point in time but I always have to kind of challenge myself for example I mentioned the dancing thing at some point I'm gonna have to start learning to dance I mean it's outside of my comfort zone and, and I know it, I'm avoiding it, but I got to do it, right? Some other things like that, that I want to improve my Spanish, for example, like there, there's a lot of little things like that, that would make me a better version of myself that I that I understand. Yes, I could justify it a lot. There's the business, there's everything else, but it's always a good idea to try to find something in your life that's outside of your comfort zone and just to throw yourself in, in, in something new. And I think that for me personally, I'm a really routinized person. And I always dial in it. And I love my routine. I love my habits. So that change into something new, I think that would be the, the 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 thing that I would have to work on a little bit more as well, just to get into something that's totally different, like maybe martial arts or something that that is outside of my current scope of competence, just to expose myself to that and uh, just see where it takes me yeah man I love it
0: I love it those were three great things really loved uh, really loved those last couple uh, for sure well that's all we got today Mario that was awesome stuff man such a great episode with Mario I loved hearing about his coaching philosophy and how much he focuses on mindset with his clients be sure you share this episode with a friend or family member share it with someone who is looking to take their fitness results to the next level be sure to rate and review the episode if you enjoyed it and go follow Mario on YouTube where he has over 185,000 subscribers And if you're interested in having a clear path to hit your fitness goal, then make sure you go to nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10-week programs. Remember to get results you have. Let's go back to remember. Remember, to get results that you have to go in. Oh, wait, to get results. Go back to remember. Remember, to get results, you have to go in with the right expectations. You have to go in with the mindset that this is going to be a lifestyle change that I'm willing to do what I can to be consistent. You know you're not gonna be perfect and perfection actually isn't even required, but you need to change your relationship with failure and learn how to rebound from it quickly. That way you're gonna get closer to your fitness goals, you will get closer to the healthiest version of yourself, and you'll continue to get closer and closer to your best you.